Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. What a day the Lord has made. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the only day that I mean this is the only time you'll have a May the 2nd, 2023 in your life. You'll never have a May 2nd, 2023 again, but I'm sure glad we got this one, and I am sure glad that we have Pastor Josh Milburn in the house on this Tuesday morning. It just wasn't the same without you last week. Well, you've—I heard that you uh, messed up on what day it was, or something. You couldn't—you couldn't get it right, right? Well, that nah. is a possibility of me messing up. It happens quite often. No, nah, I miss you guys, and it's good to be back. Good to be back, and I got a, even a even a nice text from Miss Gail yesterday. It says she couldn't wait for me to be back on the radio this morning. So I was oh. thankful to hear from her. So it made me feel pretty good. So. Well. I'm not going to go as far as I couldn't wait, but um, <laughs> just kidding. No, you're good. <laughs> just kidding. I love it. I love I'm it. I'm just kidding. No. Hannah's funny and all that, but it's just not as funny as you are. Well, I hear you. Sometimes I get too carried away. <laughs> I get too carried away sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm so glad you're back on. We're, of course, glad uh, today's the day that um, Brother Jeff will be on with us this morning, telling us some, teaching us some kingdom principles at 830. Yep. Got a lot of good things happening before then. And so it's just an exciting day to serve the King, exciting day to serve the the Lord of hosts and um, just to priest before him, to worship him, to minister to him and also edify the body. And I'm just excited for what God has in store. Uh, don't have a lot of announcements on the way of that. Um, like I said, Coffee with Jesus went great last weekend. Man Up went good last week. Um, prom went good once we got them back here uh yeah, <laughs> so i hear you, I hear you. uh it was just pretty busy week last week for it was sure. a very, was busy, a very week. busy week and then of course we've got another one coming up soon with into the school graduation coming up may 19th and yeah and all that good stuff so um this is a busy time of the year for us here at bethel yeah and so well, i get the opportunity to uh, preach the last chapel on the 17th you gonna so. preach hard I'm going to preach as hard as I can. That way they can remember it all summer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to walk over there. <laughs> Are you going to throw shoes? I don't know. We I had a teacher in high school that threw shoes. Well, I know uh, I had a teacher, Miss Raglan. I don't know. Probably many people remember her, but she used to tell a pencil story that happened back many years ago when she taught at Grayson County. Mm-hmm. Supposedly somebody threw a pencil and then it uh, poked somebody in the eye and had to medically go in and do whatever you know so every time we would throw something anything i mean we would always get told the pencil story oh my because she said listen y'all ain't learning so she'd tell it again and again i mean she probably told it 50 times i mean because she said every time you throw something that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna tell y'all the pencil story well so this teacher probably threw a shoe 50 times (laughs) she would get mad launch her high heel across that classroom and good thing she's really poor aim or somebody really got hurt eventually yeah i hope nothing like that ever happens here at bethel again like actually happens well i don't think because if ethan's around he will pass out i have a story of him in high school i mean in middle school well i don't think that happened at bethel right you said it happened yeah i'm just saying i hope that that never happens around anywhere ethan is here because he will pass out (laughs) a kid sat on a pencil one time so there was a bunch of kids doing like a prank on this other kid and right. they had a pencil sitting upright uh-huh. in their chair yeah and this other kid sits down sits their b- butt down on oh, wow. the pencil and it goes 
in his skin. Oh my goodness. And it's like lo- it's like inside of his skin. And Ethan sees it and he just goes back. He and just he starts just falling it. back. Oh, wow. he, he couldn't even look <laughs> so at it. So did you actually see that or I did didn't it see it, but all the kids were like ah, like screaming uh, yeah. and stuff. And then he had to get rushed to the hospital and then Ethan Who, thought, Ethan or the boy? The boy. Oh, and then okay. they thought they might have had to rush Ethan, Ethan to the hospital because wow. he wouldn't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but then they finally got him to wake up. They, so Ethan good. said home, Hannah, why'd you tell that story? I was going to say, hopefully he ain't listening and Hannah don't get in trouble later. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't care to tell it because it's, it's pretty funny. But then the sad thing was, he was they suspected that he might have had something to do with it. Like yeah. He might have been the one that wow. was doing the prank. Yeah. And so he almost got in trouble for it. And he's like, I didn't do it. It was the other kid. I just passed out. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> well... Um, <clears throat> What a day! What a day! <laughs> what a what day, a day already! To start out. See, yeah, see, I got it going already. <laughs> see, you got right? it going yeah. on these topics. Uh-huh. Tuesday morning, you're back, <laughs> Pastor Josh, and we already have people passing out. <laughs> we have pencil going to people eyeballs. Uh, this is what we missed. I mean, this is what we really missed. Later, uh, later. This is what makes my Tuesdays good. Yeah, and so <laughs> we're just excited. Um, let's see here. I do uh, have the next coffee with Jesus date. Uh, okay. If anyone wants to know, um, we got May twentieth. Let me check myself real quick. Um, yes, we have May twentieth at four p.m. at Free Liberty Church, which is also known as that Church on the Hill by Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the easier way to explain it. Church on the Hill past Taco Bell. Yeah. Okay. Up behind Taco Bell. That's yep. right. The one on the hill behind Taco Bell. If you're the church behind Taco Bell, you're a good church. (laughs) And Miss Kay Cottrell is speaking, and we're excited for that. Her her title is the Alabaster Box. That's cool. That's that's amazing. That's me. I know. I heard. uh, Well, of course, I think my mom was there uh, Saturday night or whatever, and she was talking about how great it was. Yeah. I think Granny come with her, whatever, Doris. And well, I mean, a few people told me I can learn some stuff from Miss Megan, so I don't know if that's a <laughs> – I don't know if I should let her let her teach me how to pronounce words or – Well, I'm not letting Jason do my pronunciation 101. Well, um, I didn't get to hear a whole lot yesterday, but I heard a few things about how Jason was going was, uh, trying to get the quartet back together or something. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been warming up the pipes. <laughs> and, and so I've been working on my – we could sing a song in Hebrew. I've been working on my Hebrew. Man, oh my. I, have, I found I found a book in my library. I didn't know it existed, but it was there, and it was called Elementary Hebrew for Beginners. So I worked on my little um, hacking, like, yeah, because you got to get the ha. And I've been working on that, and so I'm trying to become a much better speaker. That's my goal. I'm gonna pronounce stuff correctly, because right now I sound like a wounded redneck in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Trying to trying to call out for help a lot of the times, and so uh, well at least we still know it's a call to help anyway. <laughs> it's kind of that scream out in the foxhole kind of deal, like ah! <laughs> all right. So I'm trying to get that 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 smooth, eloquent voice. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that could help you, but I don't think you would be a fan of this based on one of your messages that you preached about ambient noises in the background. <laughs> You you preached against against the ambient noise, but that is something that Miss Ma- uh, Miss Megan had. So she had like a track playing behind her as she spoke. 
Yeah. And it, it actually helped. I think it helped us to pay attention well, more because it, it kind of cancels out the rest of the noises. Yeah. Uh, well, I've so heard I liked of it. several different uh, pastors and people you hear preach and teach. I mean, a lot of people do that. Have they the really music. Do. So she uses those in her videos too on uh, when she posts on Facebook. So if I had Josh Milburn come and hum <laughs> while I preach, that would not. Now, be I don't good. know if that would be. Thank as, you. And then go ahead that, and tell the truth. That would not be good. That go would ahead. be a little bit hard to maintain that same. <laughs> Oh, for however long Pastor Aaron speaks. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jason Miller could go, mm-hmm. <laughs> He would need mm-hmm. like five bottles of water. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. See, I love Tuesday. I love Tuesday so much. And um, it's so much fun. I don't know what else to do with it. It's just fun. <clears throat> and so excited to be with you guys. Um, Pastor Josh, we really did miss you last Tuesday. It just wasn't the same without you. I appreciate it. And so I hope you got done whatever you had to get done. Well, and um, uh, We're working on it anyway. I was like, well, I'm going to go this morning. I got to run to Louisville right after broadcasting poor country. Won't you drive? Uh, well, right. Won't I'm you drive? drive? I better drive. That's a that's a big <laughs> run. Forever, right? That's a big run. You should probably drive. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drive then. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm heading after the broadcast. So anyway. <laughs> All righty, well, we are in John chapter 8. Any other big announcements y'all think I'm missing here? Y'all, am I missing? Josh, y'all got anything going on? Well, as of right now, uh, we do not, brother. We do not. So I know the group from church has still been going down to Nortonville. Uh, went, uh, we didn't have service Sunday night, so I had a group go down Sunday night and also last night. And uh, still great things been going on there. So hopefully in the next uh, month or so we'll be having some... Uh, Hopefully, some pretty big announcements as far as some things going on. So, well, good. We'll see what happens. Well, I do have to say this: we're striving. We're we're hoping to have the announcement ready tomorrow. We're hoping. I heard that a little bit. We have a surprise. That's what I heard. And Hannah is not pregnant. Everybody, okay? <laughs> Jason tried to say that was the surprise yesterday. That is not the surprise. Uh, well, we wouldn't do that to poor Ethan. Ethan be sitting there driving to work, and Hannah announcing Ethan passes out. On the middle of the road, right there. He just That's when she finds out, boy, that'd be awful. He just goes out right there. That would be awful. You're right. <laughs> and so that is not the surprise. That was very shocking. I wasn't expecting Jason to say that. And so, well, maybe that was payback for you calling him a heretic. Probably. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, don't mess with Jason. Yeah, he'll get you back. He will. will. Tuesday, Tuesday testimony. Don't mess with Jason. <laughs> he That's will, the word for the day, right there. He <laughs> will get you back. Um, and so, but we do have announcements. We're going to try to do it seven thirty-five a.m. tomorrow on May the third, two thousand twenty-three, and it's an exciting announcement hey, for can us. I throw this out there real quick. Yeah, you know what else is May the third? What for the first week of May? It's pretty busy for my family. Uh huh. Okay? But May the third. I know tomorrow, what you're gonna say. It's Uncle Justin's birthday. Uncle Justy's. <laughs> then on the fifth, it's my granny's birthday. Yeah. Then on the seventh, it's my dad's birthday. So well, first week of May, man. It's you have to good. you have to save up money for this week, don't you? Uh, to pay all now. the presents. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why you're going to Louisville, ain't it? You're trying to you're just trying to work to get the money to pay for all the Christmas birthday yeah, presents this week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Right there. Yep. And so, well, that's a lot of good birthdays coming up. Yeah, you ain't Uncle Justin's and. And my grannies and then my dad. So, oh, my yeah, goodness. A lot of great people in my life celebrated the first week of May. So. Yeah. Anyway. And then the Derby. Man, oh, man. When is the Derby? Huh? When is the Derby? I'm not keeping up with Saturday. nothing. Saturday. Is it Saturday. this Saturday? Yeah. 
Who are you pulling for? I don't even know. I'm gonna pull. In it. I'm gonna pull for that one horse. What? what let's go for it. Let's that one horse. Horses, you know, that one horse. Yeah, I know about that. One I think horse. that one horse is gonna win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling about that one horse. That one horse. That's yeah, right. I have a feeling about that one horse. It's <laughs> that one horse is probably gonna do well. I just have to say this before we continue about Miss Doris when she was at Coffee with Jesus, and just any time that I'm I'm with her and the spirit gets moving, I just love it. I look at her hand, her hand just starts going up, Yeah. and I just love it. I love to see her worship, and she's just probably the sweetest person I've ever met. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say this about my granny. I know that, um, you know, they've been coming to uh, Madrid on Sunday nights quite a bit, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, being with us there at church, and... Uh, she don't speak out a whole lot at church, but when she does, people listen. Yeah. Because that's the respect that she's gained because of being in the prayer closet, being doing the things of the Lord and just that. So she spoke a word uh, the last Sunday night she was there after church and kind of gave it out. And I mean, it was just a wow. testimony of her life and how the Lord spoke to her and done a few things. And just it really, you could tell that everybody was tuned in to listen. Yeah. Because, you know, when certain people speak, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, we don't listen to this one or that one to the best. But when certain people speak, everybody, like, tunes an ear to it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I got to really listen to this. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I keep, we had one, uh, Joey Sosh says he likes music behind him while he speaks, too. There you go. I like music, too. But I like that B3 organ yeah. that Josh every once in a while will crank up whenever... You know, if I'm up there and he's he's up there, yeah. he'll crank it up and it'd be like, whoo, and then he's like, <laughs> do a little blue jazz lick into it. Yeah, I mean, you can't sing. It's like one of those moments you're singing along with like Jason Crabb, then the music goes off and you realize how bad you are. Yeah. But once that organ's flying, you don't care. That organ's flying, you're just with the fly. Well, I'm afraid that if you get an organ behind you, you'd want to start singing instead of preaching. Well... Maybe the maybe the ghost is in it. Who oh, knows? No, he'll start like dancing. You like throwing his knee up in the air. <laughs> Woo, glory! <laughs> we were at the rescue prom Saturday night, and I showed them my dance moves. Is that right? They were epic. So, was you? Did you go to the prom with them then? I went to the rescue prom. Oh, I hear you. At Ethan decorated. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Ethan a lot today. He's he's a star of the show. <laughs> Got the Christmas lights out, the banners hung. You want to know the real reason he was happy that you asked him to do the spotlight? Huh? Because, so that he didn't have to dance with me. Oh. So that he didn't have to dance at all because he does not want to dance in front of me. So he gladly ran up there and did the spotlight. Uh, Josh Newton doing the worm may have been the best part of the rescue prom. Um, I did this uh, one shuffle thing that looked like a wounded duck trying to walk across the road after being hit. Yeah, the shuffle thing. All right. um, And so I did that. This one part about stepping. And I didn't know you were like, I thought, well, you're like really supposed to step. So I'm here. I am. You know, like, remember football or basketball when you did those one exercise where you had to lift your legs high? Yeah. I'm stepping. Like, yeah. I'm into it. And everybody right. else is, like, just barely doing it. And I'm like, man, I look like a, a wounded duck out yeah. here. You turned it into your own, brother. That's I was, I, it was unique. Yeah, that's right. It was um, anointed shuffling. <laughs> we need to get, like, a we need, we need to get a newer song. It's like the Holy Ghost Shuffle or something like go. that. Yep. And so, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm praying still. I had that. We working on this one group. I have to tell you about this one group. I don't want to release the information too soon because we're trying. But if I can get this group, Josh, 
you're going to love it just as much as I do. Well, I know I've heard y'all talking about that one, too. I think it was But you have no idea who it I is. I got no clue. I got no clue. I got it. I got no clue who it is, and I got no clue about the announcement tomorrow. But anyway, I'm going to have to make sure I got my app. That's right. In my pocket. In your and pocket. Be listening. Even if you're running to Louisville at that That's time. Right. Oh, I'll I still think again. you should drive. I'll be there again. I still think you should drive, right, but. <laughs> we'll try that anyway. Get you some headphones. Get you. <laughs> You could be a jogger. You said the word could be. You could be. Could. Get you could some of those word. Get you some of those nice shirts and you need one you need one of those shirts that have the the cooler on it. You ever seen those? Have you ever seen it like they're built into the shirt so as they're running in and they're running around they can just pull their straw off their stroder there and drink out of their water I trough. I have seen that, man. Call it the water I'm not trough. That dedicated on that stuff. Wow. Only time I run is if I have to outrun you from a bear. <laughs> I hear you. That's right. I ain't got to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you, right? Or there's a bacon sandwich at the end of the race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're running to Cattleman's now. I would run to Cattleman's. <laughs> Might take me all day, but I'll get there. That's right. All right. Eight, uh, John chapter 8, verse 20. <clears throat> These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him for his hour was not yet come. So this is another example of when the father would protect Jesus. So there was a certain time that the father was not letting Jesus go before because prophecy had to be fulfilled. He had to do certain things. And so even the enemy wanted to take him out sooner. Over and over we saw where the father was protecting. He was um, really like, you know, if you watch movies, he kind of like dis- disappears into crowds. Like he translates kind of. I don't really know how it happens. I just know that somehow... They wanted to lay hands, but no man was able to yeah. because his hour not yet come. Right. And I think that's always, I think that speaks of who he was, but I think that speaks to our life as too, because even if the enemy wants to take us out, we don't get taken out until the Lord says, you know, yeah. until it's okay. That's right. Because he protects, he guides. And I think that should give us all a peace Yeah. Um, because we see Jesus's life and that the life that we was we're modeling right and well, we go uh through this book of john and sometimes you don't think about it till you actually read it but as you was reading that verse brother Aaron, i thought about how oftentimes we pray for a hedge of protection mm-hmm. you know where wherever we go whatever we do you know so sometimes it's like a shield that necessarily we can't see with our eye but with our with our spiritual eye we can see that people's got that shield around them yes and so i believe that actually if we do that in our life right now where the Lord has, uh, we all, I've heard the prayer prayed over me before, dispatch angels around him mm-hmm. or the vehicle or put a hedge of protection about him. And I think that uh, that's a representation here of where it started at when the Lord, when he went places, but there, his time was not yet come. So he was, protected. he was protected. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Uh, then Jesus again spake unto them. Or then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins, whether I go, whither I go, you cannot come. Man, that's, he's not, he's not pulling, pun, I mean, he's not pulling anything right here. He's just, right. he says, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. And so, that's kind of, um, <clears throat> that's a hard scripture. Like I don't, right. I don't know how else to say that. Um, I can't dress it up. I can't say, well, it's yeah. he, he meant that, or he kind of meant this. Like he is really, he's not playing games with him, them yeah. at this point. 
um, and whatever translation I see, whenever you look up die in your sins, like you're thinking, well, maybe that's just old English or something. Maybe there's something there, but it's die in your sins. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> and because where I am going, he's telling them, you cannot come. Yeah. And he's talking to the people trying to kill him. He's talking to the people trying to come yeah. against him. He's and, telling them he cannot come because in the state they're in now. Mm-hmm. See, like when we preach or teach or talk to the sinner, the place where we're going, the eternal heaven, if you die in your sins, if you die with sin in your life, if you have never repented and gave your heart to the Lord, you cannot be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I believe in every time that I see that the Lord talks or he speaks or something like that he's we must put on the mindset of he's the example mm-hmm. yeah not only do we need to take these uh words to heart ourselves but also this is something that we as um as just people not necessarily a minister not necessarily a Sunday school teacher not necessarily a a pastor but every one of us needs to take this to people and says listen you know at the end of the day this is what really matters mm-hmm. do you want to go where we're going see i'm it hurts me brother Aaron, you know to know that i it, i'm not nobody's judge okay mm-hmm. but we do know that we have the word of god to go by to kind of line up with the people's life if um you know them by their fruits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know anymore we see where when people someone passes away or someone dies or something like that it's like everybody will assume that hey they're in heaven mm-hmm. and it's like uh, and i mean you know i am not the judge i don't really say a whole lot but oftentimes we see where where they're not really so well Ethan's in the studio. He said, y'all been picking on me way too much. He said, I'm coming here to defend myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right. Um, And so here we go. He said, whether I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto him, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are this. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, he shall die in your sins. I mean, you shall die in your sins. What's he saying here? He's actually telling them, you're from above. I mean, I'm from above. You're from beneath. You're of Satan. I'm of God. Like, that's basically what he's telling them here. Yeah. He says, you're walking in darkness. I am the light of the world. He said, you don't believe. You don't believe. And because you don't believe, you're going to die in your sins and there will be eternal um judgment for that and just like you were saying but i think it's actually declaring that a lot of these people that's coming after him a lot of these people right here are probably not going to be part of the ones who do believe yeah and he's not saying that i chose you not to believe he's saying you're dying in your sin because you do not believe yep that's what he's telling them Mm -hmm. and they say who art thou and jesus said to them even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. And so they're saying, well, who do you think you are? Like, that's basically what they're saying. Who do you really think you are telling us that we're going to die in our sin? Who do you think you are telling us we're from beneath and you're from above? We're the religious leaders. We're the leaders of Israel. We're, We're this. Like, this is the kind of thing they're thinking and he says, look, I'm just talking from the one who sent me. Yeah. He said, I could judge you from a lot of things, but the one who sent me is true. And 
And so he says, I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Who's him? The Father. The Father has sent me. And they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you shall then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. Uh, hey, can I say something sure. quick? Say all, all right, you that want. spot right there where you just said, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, he was talking to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they probably didn't fully grasp what he said there. Yes. Yeah. Because he was prophesying and more or less telling them, you're going to lift me up. And not to the point of how we as his children should lift him up, lift up praise, mm -hmm. but lift him up on the cross. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I mean, he was trying to tell them, listen, this is going to happen. I'm trying to give you opportunities to say, hey, you know, so so much, man. But yeah. I don't know. But when you said when they lifted him up, I mean, it's something about that that got me. That one verse that says, when the Son of Man be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. I don't believe that verse is relating to when we praise. Okay. I believe that verse is actually relating to this. I think okay. when he says, I think whenever he be lifted up on the yep. cross, then all men can be drawn unto him. Yep. Because now he's telling them, when I get lifted up, you will know that right. I have been sent of the Father. It does not mean they're going to believe. No. That means they're going to know. They're going to know. Because the earthquake earthquake's going to happen, and all of these things are going to take place. And you will know at that point that the Father has sent me. And I will draw men unto myself. And so I, we use it as a good preaching verse. Mm -hmm. But really that verse is, I think, really in the context and saying when he be lifted up on the cross, he's going to draw all men to him because it's a manifestation of what this verse is saying. When you lift me up, then shall you know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father had not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many did believe on him already. Wow. So they're like, I don't want to die in my sins. I do think that there is some of those who repent, but I think he's talking to some, especially the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that yeah. don't come to repentance. Right. And I think that's really he's saying you're going to die in your sins because yeah. you are so self-righteous and they think they are well. And Jesus said to himself, I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. Yeah. Because the, the well don't need a doctor. The sick do. Yep. And and I believe when he's lifted up, I believe that is when men will be drawn into him. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so something I jotted down just now was knowing and not believing. Mm hmm. But then again, I jotted this down, not believing and still know. You say, well, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. I believe there's a lot of people here that we know right now that either, actually to be honest with you, that come to church and then also out here in this world. Mm -hmm. They know the truth. Yeah. But they just don't believe. Sure. They know what's true. Just like people that's living a lifestyle of um, sin, mm -hmm. homosexuality. You know, things like that. People like that, I believe they know the truth. But the thing about it is, in order to really know it, you got to live it. Sure. Yeah. 
So they don't really believe it. They yeah. believe they might, it lies. They might know what the word says and believe in what's right and what's wrong and believe that the right. Bible is true, but I don't think they believe and know Jesus. I don't think that they know Come that on. Jesus is the word. That's good. Jesus is the living word. And yeah. I, I think they try to separate it. Right. And I know for me, like, <clears throat> even though I, I've always known Jesus my whole life and known the Bible until, you know, there's a certain point where you really don't know you're not in a closeness right. with him because I've always known him. I've always loved him. Yeah. But there is a, with a maturity in my faith came knowing like his character. And that's yeah. where I'm at now. It's like always getting, wanting to know his character, yeah. who he is, um, deep relationship with him. And I think that's where it starts to shift. But I think people are, don't even know that it's possible for one. They don't believe it's actually possible to have a relationship with yeah. a God that you can't see. Right. Yeah. Because they don't understand That's that good. Jesus is this living word. Like Amen. he is this living word. And I think I think it, they just see it as a pay, a book of rules, a book yeah. of rules really of what you can do and what you can't do. And they I think they do believe that it's true because I mean it's been proven. You can't yeah. really disprove right. the Bible like I mean the prophecies, the historical like there's few people in the world that would say that the Bible like just is crazy, you know, because it's proven like things yeah. in here are proven. But when it comes to the spiritual heart things, I think that's where they tune out. I hear you. <clears throat> and there's a difference between believing and knowing the yes. believing and having faith. Like that's you're right. saying, amen. The demons believe. Yeah, they do believe. But to know, yeah. to have faith and know the power. That's it. That's he said the demons believe or whatever. <laughs> I'm reminded of something I believe Brother Ron taught many years ago as a kid. And he said somebody that, uh, this was when he was younger, he said, somebody said, yeah, I don't even believe there's a God. He said, you don't? He said, no. He said, wow, my Bible talks just about you. <laughs> and he said, what? no, it don't. He said, yes, it does. It says right here in Psalms, it said, a fool has, a fool has said there's no God. <laughs> I said, wow, I don't know how I would have been able to do that. But anyway, he said he did. He said he did. So anyway, somebody that said that I don't know if I could have done it with a straight face. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But man, I don't know. Whew. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and this is the joy of it. He um, the invitation to know him is wide open. Yeah. It's not That's right. You don't have to stay not knowing him. That's it. Let me tell you, you were not created not Amen. to know him. You were created to know him. Amen. Well, then how Hannah was saying a while ago, how she grew up in church and knew Jesus, you know, and I believe there's a lot of kids, really, to be honest with you, is in that just pattern. Yes. They think, well, I just grew up in it. I'm all right. Everything's fine. But like I've told some of my, some of my Sunday school uh, kids or whatever, said, listen, to be honest with you, some of you guys, if the Lord comes back today, I said, you ain't going to make heaven your home. They look at you all dumb. Fat. What do you mean? I said, well, all right, then tell me about your testimony. When did you serve the Lord? When did you ask the Lord in your heart? When did it happen? And they look at me still dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. I'm like, for real. I mean, if you can't tell me about when the Lord come to your heart, guess what? He ain't there. Mm -hmm. mm. And so, you know, as children, we raise them up in church. I would do nothing more than raise my kids in church. Mm -hmm. I've raised my daughter in church, but she often know. I said, "Listen, you got to know for yourself." Yeah, yeah, that's right. You better be able to tell me when the Lord come to your heart. Yeah. yeah, and I've got you know I've got kids back there that I try to tell that. I said, "Listen, just because you come every Sunday, don't mean everything's all right." I said, mm -hmm. "I'm thankful you come to church." And I said, "But listen, if you don't have that lifestyle, if you don't know when Jesus come to your heart, He's probably not there." Mm -hmm. 
So. Yeah, and I'll even go a step further. Like, I, I could tell you when Jesus came in my heart yeah. as a young child. And I even, I was the kid <laughs> that, like, always went a step further. Like, I would always go the extra mile. And I'm not saying this to puff myself no. up, but people could confirm this. Like, I didn't want to go to children's church. I wanted to stay in in adult church wow. and like when we would go to bible studies i would want to stay with the adults while my siblings went to play in yeah. the gym like i always wanted more wow. but the thing was i wasn't i wasn't disciplined enough to actually have the monday through friday or like the rest of the week i wasn't disciplined so i was getting i was the spirit was being was filling me at church and at yeah. Bible study, but it's almost like I didn't know that I could have that. And it's so sad to think about now. Like I didn't know that I could have that same presence at home every day as a, as a teenager, yeah, right. like, as a teenager and as a child, I didn't know that I could experience that same spirit that I was so excited to get to church. So excited to get to Bible study with other people because I really didn't know who I was in Christ fully. Yeah. Like I thought that I looked at these preachers and you know the adults in my life and i thought wow i can't wait to be an adult one day i can't <laughs> wait to to get closer to the lord but Back. i thought that i i thought that I, like there was a mini holy spirit yeah. i really did i thought like i was less than and that i had to wait so many so long to get even closer to the lord because i thought well that's just how you do it i mean the adults have their study yeah. and the kids go run off and play and I'm somewhere stuck in the middle because well, I don't I don't want to go off yeah, and play. I, I never did. I wanted to I wanted to go deeper, but it's almost like I think the enemy tried to get in my mind that I couldn't, or I, you know that I, I because I didn't know who I was in Christ. Yeah. And so as I grew up and I started to learn, like oh I'm I have identity in Christ right. just like all of these adults do. And so the Lord just started teaching me and showing me. But I think I think there is a lot of people, whether you're young or even you know a teenager or a young adult that feel that way yeah. that feel like well i i'm just not i don't i'm not as gifted as those people in church or right. i don't know as much i haven't studied my bible as much so i don't i i can't i can't i can't i can't but yeah. it's not true because i mean if we open up our bible the holy spirit will start revealing things to us even if we haven't had the level of study as some of other people that we know um, all it takes is just what I've learned in my life. All it takes is just that first step, that effort, just spending yeah. time with Jesus. And then he will, he will help you. He will show you, he will continue to show himself to you and show that he loves you and he's there for you. And he's speaking to you and you'll start to hear his voice little by little. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> brother James Rhodes. Oh, we went over. Time we did. We're over time. Um, he's texting me. It's good to hear from you, brother James. Haven't heard from you while you're right. And so it's really good to hear from you. He reminded us of Ezekiel thirty six twenty two. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And so I love Amen. it. I love, I love it. it. His Amen. spirit of God Amen. is in us, and it's not That's a awesome. there's not a junior Holy Ghost or an adult Holy Ghost. It's just the <laughs> Holy Ghost. Amen. All right, let's read our first trivia question of the day. Get your name in for this two-week drawing. Congratulations, uh, Pastor Dwayne Kidd, for getting that storehouse gift card. Tuesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What was the name of the military commander who sent Paul from Jerusalem to Caesarea? 270-257-2689. Again, who was the, what was the name of the military commander who sent Paul from Jerusalem to Caesarea? We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
What a day the Lord has made on this May the 2nd, 2023, if the Lord tarries. One day we'll say, what a day the Lord has made on this May the 2nd, 2043. Josh will be really, really, really old at that point. Um, so no, I'm sorry, Josh. Be? Nope, I'm you staying young. Be, huh? I, I have it. found the fountain of youth. It's not hey, eating green food man. and drinking only Mountain Dew and eating pistachios because the pistachios are the secret. You always talk about how you're old, and every time I hear that, I think, old? He ain't old. Yeah. We're you're, still boys. Come on now. That's right. Thank you, Brother Ernie. Brother Vincent. Ernie says we're boys. Yeah, boys. <laughs> I love it when he calls us boys. It makes me feel my, my chest puffs out a little bit more and have a little bit of a straighter stance to you because it's like, Thank you, sir. That's right. That's Nobody right. calls me a boy anymore with all this gray hair. Uh, <laughs> I get picked on for my gray hair all the time. You think my absence of green food? Okay, so you think it's like, do you think it's a poor diet, or do you think I should just go with wisdom? Uh, I would go with wisdom. There you go. We'll go with wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. I, you. It's probably more the diet, because I don't think I have much wisdom. Whoa, whoa, but, whoa, 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 whoa. If your gray hair is the diet, what's mine? Uh, wisdom. Oh, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Your body right. couldn't take it. <laughs> Your hair couldn't take I'll that take much it. wisdom. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it turned so gray, it just I, fell. I hear you. I hear you. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Um, well, I mean, Mr. Tim's got a... Actually, I think Mr. Tim has more hair than you. He does. He does. Yeah. My wife told me that, and to be honest with you, at a young age. Young I age. I probably wasn't even 30 yet. Yeah. And my wife, Rachel, looks at me and says... You know your dad's got more hair than you, right? <laughs> I was like, well, I do now. <laughs> well, so. Greg Carwell says, I think it's just gray hair. Um, there you go. So it's not wisdom or anything. Uh, <laughs> Brother James Rose says wisdom. Thank you, Brother James. Um, Brother Greg, come on now. Help me out here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we have an answer for the trivia. We do have an answer for the trivia. That's why I was making my way over to the email. Uh, it's Miss Gail Harrington, um, who is the most encouraging person in all the world. Yep. Um, what was the name of the military commander who sent Paul from Jerusalem to Caesarea? Claudius um, Lysias, or Lias, or whatever you want to say, Lysol. Um, Acts twenty nine. I mean Acts twenty three twenty six through thirty three. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm looking online for pronunciation classes of Hebrews. And I, maybe that elementary to Hebrew. Maybe that would help me. <laughs> Maybe that book that I found. It may do it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but then that's just going to teach you how to pronounce it in Hebrew. So yeah, but English? it would be it'd be really cool. Like, <laughs> all right, uh, you have to get the got to get that deep voice back in it. Uh, Brother Tishner one time was pronouncing some Hebrew stuff that we always pronounce like uh, Yehovah, and he's he does it so well. It's like Yehovah, and I'm like Yehovah, and um, <clears throat> I'm just not good at it. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. I didn't realize until I went to college. And I even went to college in the South. Like, I was further South in college at Lee than I am now, presently in Kentucky. And yet, man, I didn't realize how much I sounded like a redneck till I got down there. Um, wow. And I was like, I'm proud of it. I was proud of my country accent. And yep. I, I wasn't ashamed of it. And I would have all these Northerns and all these people <laughs> coming up to me. And they would say, pop. I'm like, pop. I don't want, I'm supposed to pop you? Because they're like, can you give me a pop? I'm like, well, I guess if you really want me to, but I thought this was a Christian college. Um, and, so, and so, but I figured out they were talking about Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, but they fussed at me when I said, give me a Coke. Because they said Coke is the product name. 
It's not the, I'm sorry, Coke is the brand name. It's not the product name. The product name is Soda Pop. And I said, no, it (laughs) is Coke. And they say, no, it's Soda Pop. And so I said, okay, all right. So I started to learn it. But then this is what I started to pick up on even more. Because we say 10. They say 10. And so it's 10. It's not 10. It's 10. And they said, if you say 10, it sounds like you're talking about a tin can. I said, it's 10. And they say, it's 10. And I say, it's a pen. And they say, it's a pen. And <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, did y'all learn anything at all? No. That's what I want to know. This is the only thing I learned. I did lose one battle. I oh. did lose one battle. Wow. All right. And this one battle that I did lose is I always called it a weed eater. Right? It's a weed eater. It's a weed whacker. And I'm like, a weed whacker is not correct. It's a weed eater. It eats the weeds. They say, it whacks the weeds. I said, it eats the weeds. They said, Weed Eater is the brand name, not the product name. I hear you. Huh. Well. I think they just think we're so, they're so much smarter than us Southerners. <laughs> we just go by, but I didn't realize that. Like, I did not realize how much we in the South will do brand names as product names. Well, Yeah. And we do it all the time. I got made fun of for the Coke thing at Campbellsville quite right? often. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about too? Yeah, I do. And then I um, even went to Texas and you know, you expect in Texas to have some crazy accents, yeah. but I went there for a a uh, conference and they were like, Where are you from? And they were making fun of my <laughs> accent and I was like, If you think that of me, you should hear some of the other people where I'm from. Like yeah. I think that I like am a little bit toned down. I know, I was like, <laughs> Let me bring some of my friends here. No, <laughs> You want country accents, <laughs> yep. all right? But um, no, I mean, I I didn't realize how country I was, right? Until I went to Lee, yeah. And so um, that's whenever. So that's whenever you preach, you have to do. You you take away your country accent, and you're like, get ready for some breakthrough, all right? You got to kind of do that, or yeah. you know, repent, as Brother Ron used to say. Wow. Who was that that he used to do? He always mimicked that, and yeah. so. You gotta you gotta get rid of your accent and you gotta be more preacherified. There you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> when you pay for it, you can call it what you want. Miss Gail said. That's what I told him. It, to me, still, when I go up to a restaurant today, do you ask for a Coke or do you ask for a soda? Like, who looks to see what brand name they have on the? I just need a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? I don't care. Just give me the brown stuff. Like, you know, it's. <laughs> well. I will say this about that. I do say Coke, but I always say, do you have Coke or Pepsi if I don't see it on the menu? Well, if they have Coke, just put me to shame, Josh. Hey, no, put no, me to shame. why I say that. Now though. I'm going to have to repent. Because if they've got Pepsi, I'm drinking Mountain Dew. Oh, that's good. I'm drinking Mountain Dew this morning. But what I'm saying oh, is, if it, if it's Coke. Do you call it a weed eater or a weed whacker? I don't like Mellow Yellow. They say that's their Coke product of Mountain No, that's not me. <laughs> I cannot handle Mellow Yellow. I just don't like Melly Yellow. So if they got Coke products, I'm drinking Coke. But if it's Pepsi, I'm drinking Mountain Dew. Do you do Weed Eater or Weed Whacker? I do Weed Eater. Hannah, if you had to call it something, would you? I've never even heard of Weed Whacker, so this is a whole new thing for me. Weed Eater. But then when you think about it, I have always struggled with that word because if I try to say it fast, it's Weed Eater. Weed Eater. (laughs) Weed Eater. She pronounced something wrong. I love it. But I understand their <laughs> weed whacker part. I really do. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Well, that is the actual product name. Well, anyway. So. Anyways, all that to just embarrass myself to tell you all how poor of a speaker I'm just confirming to be all the time. You're all right. I, um, you, you fit okay. in, ju- you fit in just right, brother. Oh, well, I always have it on Jason Miller that I can say Sapphire and he can't. So that's all that matters <laughs> in my life. Um, my life is complete. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
All right. Well, let's get into some spiritual. That that is pretty spiritual. Um. All right. So explain James chapter five verse twenty. Uh. Uh. James Earl said my dad called it an idiot stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't think I've ever heard it called that, but it I makes don't think sense. I have either. All right. James five twenty five twenty. I love it. All right. Um. Got to get my. I got switch hats here. Um. Tuesday, I have too much fun. All right, um, 520 in the, I was going to say in the verse of James, in the book of James. Um, I don't think James is a verse. James is a book, and it's a letter. Yeah. Well, now I'm back at Peter. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm forward. Which one is it, James? 520. 520. Somebody help me out here. I got the King James over here for once. Uh, <laughs> so I found it faster with my flip-through Bible than you do with your phone. Well, in my defense, I'm plugging my phone in while I'm... All right. What verse? Verse 20. 20. She's going to read it for us, Hannah. Yep, I can. Oh, okay. Just verse 20? Is that the... Yep, it's the end. Okay. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Yes. um, We're doing these... Verse is pretty much live, so we're not like having a bunch of time to prepare. And I should have known this was the scripture that it was going to allude to. So, because um, this is one that we get quite often, and a lot of people ask, does does converting people make up for some of my sins and help hide them, or make me more saved or make me more forgiven? I don't. If if you go that route then you are saying your works is the cause of your forgiveness. My works is not the cause of my forgiveness. Jesus' blood is the cause of my forgiveness. So I want to make sure that we draw a distinction here to make sure we're not trying to work to earn our forgiveness. Yeah. Okay, is that a fair statement to start out with? And uh, But verse 19 also, I mean, I understand how you get one verse and you want to see what it means, but I, I don't think that we can really explain verse 20 mm-hmm. without reading verse 19. Yeah, I agree. Because verse 19 says, Brethren, if any of you do err, if you do err from the truth, and one convert him. Mm-hmm. So they, we're talking about people that have known the truth. Exactly. But have erred from it. Yes, I agree 100%, and I think you have to contextually see that, is that we are talking not in the sense of if we convert somebody who does not know him. Um, It's somebody who has erred from the truth and is sinning. You're converting that person. um, You're converting that person. Um, And Um, so, go ahead. I was going to say, my, like, study Bible says that since James is addressing Christian readers, the errors he mentioned may be any of those discussed throughout this epistle. Convert does not here mean to save them, but to restore, That's as in good. Luke twenty two thirty two. Mm-hmm. Death is the physical death by which God sometimes punishes his disobedient people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um, so, and I know I'm getting ready to open up a can of worms. Probably. Um, but let look, me get my fishing hook. <laughs> I hear you. But look, this also I kind of goes against the ones that think so-called once saved, always saved. Mm. Okay? People that, you know, they got saved when they was eight years old but ain't done nothing for them in 80 years. You know what I'm saying? Lived their own lifestyle. All right, if that was okay, if that was okay to do, then I don't think this verse would be in there because it talks about how, you know, converting back. 
hell, you know, turning back because actually that versus that uh, one word converteth, which ETH, I love that, but actually that is turns. So you can read it, let him know that he which turns the sinner from the air. See, it goes from being somebody that knew to a sinner to back to where he need to be. Yeah. And the shall hide a multitude of sins is not talking about the person who converted them. They get more of their sins hidden because they did a good job. It's saying that the sins of that person who strayed is forgiven. Yep. That those uh-huh. sins are forgiven. They they are thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. Right. The, we can't continue even after people are born again. If they are forgiven, they're forgiven. Let's let's stop holding over yes. their heads. And I think that I think it's a good verse. I think it's misused. Um, and I think that some people say, well, if I convert a sinner, that makes my that makes me more righteous. That makes me this. And I don't think that's what it's saying all at all. No, but I've either. heard it twisted that way. And I think right. we and have it, to be the cautious. Enemy would love to twist it like that. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, Jesus or the Holy Spirit would never inspire scripture that is giving an excuse for sin, giving sure. a free pass. Oh, right. I'm going to have a free pass to sin yeah. if yep. I bring and, all these and, other people. And also, we don't Lord. want it to ever be like you're having to earn your salvation. Yeah. Because that's not that's no. not it. Like, we that's don't it. earn our salvation. It's a free gift. That's good. Right? Uh, and so, um, that's I think anti-gospel. that's... anti-gospel. Come on, It man. would be anti-gospel. That's back anti-Christ. to religiosity. That's, yep. that's back to a religious system at that point where I'm trying to earn something. Right. Yeah. And... We operate in the kingdom not off of earning. We operate in the kingdom off of inheritance. Yeah. And yeah. and so I think that's always a strategic thing to say. And we're not working to be saved. We're not working to say saved. But we're working because we are saved. We are. And because that's who we are. Yeah. We we want to live holy because that's who we are. I'm yeah. not I'm not trying to live holy to keep God liking me. I want to live holy because he's holy. Amen. Be ye holy for my father is holy. Yeah. And so I think that um, I think that's that's good. Glory. Um. <clears throat> All right, I've got verses here. I'm, I'm, I'm a weed eater needs the straight shaft, not the crooked shaft. Uh, <laughs> hey, amen. I don't know who sent that in, but amen. Who does the crooked shaft? I mean, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I found, like, Miss Deanna called me the other day and said, I got some weed eaters in the back shed here in the ranch, and they're all crooked. And I said, just throw those away. Yep, just throw them away. Don't, them d- I don't want, I don't even want to no. see a crooked weed eater shaft. Get them out. Whoever, I don't know who they're for. Hey, but to be honest with you, though, that's the first weed eaters I ever remember. Was I'm sorry. Crooked shaft. I'm sorry. I mean, for real. <laughs> Back in the day, I mean, when that's I why you kid, have no hair. I they draw, so. they, they literally stressed you out so much <laughs> you lost your hair. <laughs> Man, you get me going on something, I can't quit, brother. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, really. All right. So, what is the point of a crooked shaft weed eater? I don't know. I've I mean, got to know maybe, this. Maybe. I've used weed eaters a lot. Yeah. And if you bring me a crooked shaft weed eater, I'm not even going to weed eat. I'm going home. Okay. Just going home. Yeah, I hear you. Are you with me? I I am. But I I mean, that's because I'm kind of, I'm kind of taller and I got, I was going to say you're strong and muscular. I ain't that. But my arms are kind of short, to be honest with you. So when you hold the crooked shaft, I'm never going to see you the same way now. I'm I'm trying to, (laughs) that's fine. But when you hold that crooked shaft weed eater, it's almost like you got to bend down. To even hit the ground. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at your arms now. I'm thinking, they're not that short, Josh. Well, they kind of are, but anyway, so. Do you think he has short arms? Here like, I am, 6'2", I and my arms ain't arm. even six foot. Well, when you say short arms, I'm thinking like T-Rex, where he's really no, big and his arms are like nothing I have like T-Rex that. arms. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read anything. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. All right. Back to spiritual. Um, yeah, I say his. On. I say it's his work in us that comes out. He is the vine. We are the branches. Amen. Without him, we can do nothing. Brother Greg, thank you so much. That That's is right, true brother. stuff. Um, Amen. 
and we go straight out because straight out weed eaters are the only kind to have. Oh um, all right. Anyways, oh, uh, the segues. <laughs> and and I do think it's important. Like I just don't think. Uh, I think we have to be cautious. And yes. and so I I appreciate the question because I don't think we've dealt with this question lately. And um, I just heard it's abused. I've heard it's. Yeah. I've heard it. I've heard it's misuse. And uh, I just, well, I mean, we as we as even ministers sometimes, or even men and women of, of the word, sometimes what will happen is, like I said, we'll just take one verse and mm-hmm. that's it. We don't really look around it. We don't look before it. We don't really even even our study Bibles have different scriptures that it can be linked to. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So if we just do the one verse, you could probably understand. All right, I know why they why they think that they don't really know that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. They don't know that all scripture ties together. They don't realize that all the verses of scripture actually represent who Jesus is and what he's about. Mm-hmm. So if you just actually read this one verse, then not really go back. That's why I went to verse 19 as well to make sure we know who we're talking about. Yeah. So the New Living Translation, which. Um I really like as a paraphrase. Right. Um, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Which that's awesome. I like how it says it because it don't it don't bring about well you're going to get your sins covered or you know you know I think we we just we celebrate that even when somebody who is born again if they wonder. There's still always a way back. That's the prodigal son story. There's always a way back. And and when you do, when they come back, and this is what, now, this is what Christians have to be careful of. I'm going to say this, and you talk about opening up a can of worms. I hope it doesn't, but it may for some people. Right. We have a tendency to forgive people's sins, issues, failures prior to salvation, but not after salvation. Well, We hold it. And so... We say, you should have known better. You should have this. I'm really glad that Jesus doesn't hold my sins against me even after I'm saved. Yeah. Whenever they're forgiven, right. they're forgiven. They're forgiven. Yeah. As yeah. far as the east is from, from the west. west. They're so thrown in the sea of forgiveness or forgiveness, whatever forgiveness. it is. And so I I think so often we we just hold on to it. Yeah. Well, how dare you do this? And 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 I'm And I'm not saying like... I'm not saying that if we're, we're pertaining to re, to leadership or something like that. Like there's a, you know, in leadership, I think even when you're seen as somebody's qualified to be an elder or a deacon or something like that, there needs to be a lifestyle that's right. there. Yeah. I'm not saying even, I'm not saying they're always perfect. Right. Um, and they've never done anything wrong, but there should be a lifestyle of consistency. I'm not saying perfection, but lifestyle of consistency. There still may be issues. There still may be mistakes. There still may be all of that that rouses its ugly head up every once in a while. But as a lifestyle of consistency, it should be there. But in everyday relationship and everyday walk with the Lord, like we hold stuff against Christians that God's already forgiven. Yeah. yeah. And this verse is saying, you know, and brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Why are we not forgiving things that God's already forgiven? That's right. And you yeah. just said it a while ago. You said strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. We strive for it. I mean, because why? <laughs> How can we strive for it? Because our Father who has forgiven us was perfect that's right and we're striving to be like him we ain't him but we're striving to be like him that's right so that's why you continue to do what you do so all right well we're gonna have to take a break it's eight o'clock it's our hard break got to get our legal id in here um 
And so, all right, Josh, won't you do this? Won't you read um, Tuesday question number two for, for us as we're going out to break? All right, Tuesday question number two. What rebel sent his spies throughout Israel telling them to wait till they heard the sound of the trumpet? What rebel sent his spies throughout Israel telling them to wait till they heard the sound of the trumpet? 270-257-2689 is the number you call to get your name in for this drawing for this two-week period. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back. We have an answer for that trivia question. Um, let's see here. Well, got too many texts coming right. I was trying to filter through my text, make sure I got the right one. Joey Sosh got it right, and he said, don't forget about the dad joke. Well, Joey, <laughs> I can't do the dad joke. Uh, I don't know how to do the sound that you did. Um, I have the recording of the dad joke, but I don't know how to do the sound. He gave you a recording? He sent me a voice recording because wow. he said he couldn't write this down. <laughs> um, and so, But I don't know if I can get the voice recording to play over there. I would just do it for him. Um, but I'm not good at that sound. And so something about a chicken. Um, I like to eat chicken. <clears throat> Another listener said, oh, that answer. Let me see here. Let me see that answer. Uh Josh was nervous when we asked him to read the question. He's like, "Is this a trick? Is this a trick?" Well, it's uh, like all of a sudden, y'all was looking at me. I was like, "Uh, well, did I say something wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> what rebel sent his spies throughout Israel, telling them to wait till they heard the sound of the trumpet? Absalom, to I mean, to Samuel, Second Samuel, fifteen ten. Uh, we have a text message from a listener. Do you know any scripture that can be used that unless one shows external crying, a specific feeling? or a certain level of contrition that they are not truly born again. I do not mean any disrespect or criticism, but it concerns me when a pastor or elder can decide unless there's a certain amount of external signs when one has been at the altar or unless a person receives Christ as Savior in a specific church, they haven't truly been born again. Well, I tend to agree with you. I don't think there's any scripture that says you have to cry this much or you have to feel this bad about it or anything to that regard because ultimately the true sign of born again is not external uh, manifestations of emotion it's actually internal transformations of deliverance and that you've been given a new heart and you've been filled with the spirit and so i would rather you change than cry um (laughs) and so and i think sometimes we we substitute real repentance for external guilt right and I think there's a big difference. Well, I mean, when you when you become a Christian, you turn. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm reminded of how. Listen, when you go to your altar, wherever that is, whether it's church or whether it's at home or wherever it is, there may be some kind of outward outward emotion. Yeah, but which is not a bad thing. Not, it's not a bad thing. But I'm reminded of well, when you go out in the world, though, after you become a child of the King, after you put away old man. He, you know, you become a new, you become new in him. Mm-hmm. How other people necessarily, you don't tell them, but they see your actions. Yes. Of how you react. They see you're different. Exactly. A different person. And I mean, I'm reminded of how a few people that's been told to me before said, man, when they changed, they changed right like that. And they snapped yeah. and said, we just, we just seen it. We mm-hmm. wasn't there when they went to the altar. We don't know where it happened at, but we know when they come, just like my, my aunt Linda. She said, you know, before she became a Christian or whatever, that uh, even at work, nobody really wanted to be around her because of how she would react to certain things. 
Mm-hmm. But then she said, after like only two or three days, a bunch of them came to her and said, we just want to say, we don't know what's going on, but we see the changing. Mm-hmm. We was like, well, well, what happened? So then she began to tell them, well, here's what happened. Yes. And see, so it's not really that they seen any motion. They just seen something different. And I mean, so I'm just, uh, I just think about how that, listen, and that's what we need to hear too. See, a lot of times we hear the bad things about how people will act one way at church or go to the altar. Then you hear somebody that's always around them at work or somewhere else and said, then all of a sudden, this has happened to me before. This has happened to me. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, they're doing good, doing great. They come to the altar the other day, even come to church. And then they're like, really? It's like, yeah, why? What's up? I said, well, I mean, I'm with them almost every day, and um, here's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not really telling on them, but I just don't want you to, you know, think this, and then they're doing this. You know, that's why it's easy to put it on front before me or you or Pastor mm-hmm. Aaron. But see, think about it is you ain't going to treat Jesus. So. Yeah. Um, I listened to a very, very helpful and awesome podcast yesterday um, with Stephanie Gretzinger. She was talking about just the condition of the church right now and how worship has turned into like celebrity culture and everybody wants the calling everybody wants wants to be a follower of Jesus because it's became trendy everyone wants to to be called to x y and z but they don't know the cost of it they don't know the cost and she was talking about how um there's people who have never really let the lord deal with the root of of the problems that yeah. are in them yep. and she was talking about how the root always reveals the fruit like mm-hmm. the root is always going to show what type of fruit they're producing, even if you know, even if it's maybe not evident at first or for a little bit. Yeah, it will always show by the fruit. Yeah. Always, right. always. Well, the fruit is produced by the root. Yes, and we can try to manufacture any fruit that we want to. Yeah, but if it's a manufactured fruit, it will not say. It won't. It's a temporary fruit yeah, yeah. It and will, it will be revealed wow in time. to have sustained wow. fruit you have to change the root yes and the root's the thing that gets changed to being born again because if we go back to ezekiel to i will give you a new heart and a new spirit yeah yes. it all starts from the beginning of that seed but brother greg carwell he just texted in and he said brother ron would call that testimonies or prophet lying <laughs> yeah but <laughs> somebody somebody that I've would that you know that would act like one way but then act the other but you talking about the root brother and it talk and i'm thinking about seed yeah okay think about how actually i'm reminded of when we do work or whatever in Louisville or we sow seed or something the first thing people ask us is should we water that seed and say well and here's oftentimes what we say my uh you know, Brother Billy, he often tells them this, and I do as well. Listen, when you very first start to water that seed, you got to keep watering it. Mm-hmm. But if you wait for the first rain and then let that seed start to germinate, then start watering. But yeah. when you start watering the seed, you got to keep watering it. Yeah. So that reminded me, Sister Hannah, about how when we as an individual in Christ, when we hear the, we hear the term, one comes and... One waters, one fertilizes, but God gives increase, okay? Uh-huh. All right, so if we water the seed when it is sown, there comes a certain time when it gets watered and really connects 
but then that's when we need to keep watering that seed. Yes. Keep feeding that seed. Yes. So. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was the whole other part of, of the podcast was talking about how there are people like in ministry, there's young people or even just young believers. Yeah. You don't have to be a young person. Right. Um, just new Christians that are feeling, you know, they're seeing the gifts that God's given them um, that are noticing like, okay, I, I feel drawn to this part of ministry, but they're wanting to get up on the stage or they're wanting to go teach or preach or whatever they want to do. And she's saying like, they don't know scripture. Yeah. Like they can't tell you, they can't tell you Bible basics. Right. And like, they can't, they can't preach the gospel like that. We should all like, we don't have to be a pastor to be able to preach the gospel. Like, all of us are called to preach this gospel and to know what's in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, I was like, wow, that's so true because there's almost people have became obsessed with like, like they want, they want to do, 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 but not be with, with Jesus and learn from him in here first. Um, And it just, I've, Pastor Aaron's been preaching on this for <laughs> I don't know how many Sundays. So I mean, this yeah. is not a new message, but just right. hearing her, you know, say it in a in a new light and just give some testimonies of like she works with people, like she works with people who are wanting to do this, and like it just reminded me that um, we just we have to seek Him first, and we, we have to get in the Word, and we have to be in love with Him and satisfied with His presence before anything else. That's right. And he will he will add all the rest. He'll yeah. take us where we need to go. But we're called to be a son and a daughter before we're called to be a worship leader or Come a on. pastor or a preacher. And we're you know like yeah. and that's goes along with what Aaron's message was as well. So. And then it, like you said, that's for everybody. Yes, that ain't just everybody. For one per- that's for no, everybody. we're all called to be in this word, Amen. seeking Him, and then that's when our our destiny will be revealed to us along the way. That's good. He'll take us where we need to go because we're in his word. We're in his will. We're seeking him every day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can always tell when somebody's in their word. You yes. can always tell if somebody's in their prayer closet. Yes. And I mean, not even like me being your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ. Not only that, but like I said, out there in the world, people mm-hmm. can tell, hey, they're doing something. They're different. They're different. So. Yeah. And she was even, she went as far as to say like, there could be two people preaching the same message one person you feel nothing and not that it's about the feeling but you have a witness inside of you you have the holy spirit right. so not that you have to be brought to tears every time but you will know deep within yeah. your soul if someone's anointed and if they're they've been in the secret place if they've been soaking in the presence or if they're up there saying things but you're not feeling that that it's coming from the lord it's just yeah. empty words basically mm-hmm. but then she said the same thing about worship leaders she's like two people can be up there singing the exact same song and one she one will change will, might the lord might speak to you through that and change your life the other one you might change your emotions in that setting in that room wow. but are you getting changed when you go home yeah is the believer get or the unbeliever getting saved is the un is the person struggling going home and being changed after they hear that song and connect with the lord or are they just getting stirred up in the in that night yeah that's almost like a lot you want a life change or you just want an emotional change yeah and she even went so far to say like favor can get you so far like favor and talent it, it can get you far i mean you can stir people up you can move people but you can't change the lord can't change people through you if right. all you have is just talent but no anointing yep. and you haven't been in the secret place you haven't been seeking him you haven't been in his will yeah well i think that emotions is a good friend but it's a poor master 
And um, there you go. And I think that emotions are created by God, and I think emotions are not um, evil inherently. I think that to cry is okay. To to show emotion is great. To feel emotions good. Like you, I love feeling him, but it's a poor master in serving. And uh, we should never be enslaved to our emotion, um, and we should never let it be the dictator of who we are. Mm-hmm. Truth is that. Like, truth is that. And that's yeah. where trust comes in, because trust sometimes happens whenever we don't feel him. Yep. And trust happens when we don't always sense him. Trust is just there. And if the word says it, it's true. Yeah. So if the word yeah. says this, like I always say like this, facts will eventually line up with truth. Because mm-hmm. facts in themselves is just what we see. Yeah. But what we see can be deceptive. So what we perceive as a fact could actually not be true. Yeah. And right. truly, since sooner or later, the fact will line up with the truth eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth never changes, but facts sometimes do. Yeah. If you go into a case and you go into work an investigation or anything, what you perceived as fact at first may change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the truth behind everything, there is a truth to the story. There's a truth to the case. Yeah. That truth never changes. Our goal is to get to the truth. Uh-huh. And so we're using the facts that's before us to try to find out the truth. Well, those facts change as more evidence comes in or situations start to change or we find this or we don't. We, we, we say, well, that was put there and that wasn't supposed to put there. That was false facts. That was false evidence. That were this. The truth the whole time never changed. That's right. We're just trying to get to it. Yep. And so often we lose truth because we're only pursuing facts. Yeah, and then that's like anything right now. If somebody's on trial for something and you know a little bit about it, you only know what you know. You know what I'm saying? So your perception of what really happened is based off probably what you don't even know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of situations here lately that I was like, well, this is, I don't really know a whole lot about it to say anything, but here's what I've been told or here's what I perceive or here's what I know about it. And then sometimes I'll be honest with you, I've said that before. It's like, none of that's true. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the only reason you know if it's truth is if you investigate it or ask questions. Mm-hmm. See, that's why a lot of times people refrain from asking questions because do they really want to know the truth? Mm. You see, so if yeah. you don't really ask a question, you're not really going to find out the truth. Yeah. And people put their input on say on certain things that really they don't know nothing about. Yeah, asking questions is so important, even with God, like especially yes, with God. Yes, expe- amen. Like we have to ask God questions. We have to ask the Holy Spirit questions because that's how he reveals things to us. That's how he shows things to us. And Jesus is the truth. So in, if that's we're right. in any situation, he is the truth. So if we're seeking him, then we're going to know, we're going to have the truth revealed to us Amen. in any situation. Even when it seems like, oh my gosh, what do we believe? What is this? But the, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's it. It's almost like we have a, we have a, I don't know what I'm trying to think of, but <laughs> almost like I don't want to say cheat because that doesn't sound like good, but yeah. like we have like a, Jesus gave us as a gift, That's gave right. us the Holy Spirit as Amen. a gift so that we, we have the upper hand. We have, we already yeah. had the victory. Um, I love, I don't know who said this, but we're, we're, we're fighting from victory, not for victory. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you because we're living a victorious life. Yes. Cause yeah. we're going to win. Yeah. And I mean, and I know y'all probably get to it before I get back, but she's talking about being free and stuff. And, you know, in John 8, you're getting ready to get to it in, in our study or whatever. But it says, talks about, and this is a sometimes a misquoted verse. or But anyway, there's a difference in the verse 32. It says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
Mm-hmm. See, there's a difference in being made and just being set. Mm-hmm. You see, but actually Jesus, when he, when the Lord created us from the beginning, he made us to be free. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. He created us. He created us. us to be free. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that freedom that we're now there's people that bind themselves there's people that has chains on them that I'll, that has been allowed to be put there because either they put them there themselves or they allowed somebody else to chain them down yeah and then in that instance they need to be set free but that don't mean yeah. just be they're not made free they're all made, we're all made free and so think about like i know we were talking about emotions like that god has emotions and that's why we have emotions like think about how like heartbroken jesus gets like wow. he his heart breaks whenever he has paid the price for us he loves us he's fought for us he's interceding at the right hand of the father and we're sitting there in chains yeah like we're choosing the chains or we're just we don't even know we're so ignorant yeah. to the truth that we don't even know and i think we forget <sighs> jesus's emotions yeah. i think we forget that his heart breaks for us yeah. that his heart breaks for the people that he he paid the price for and loves and they're still sitting there in chains something brother billy said the other day said a lot of people sitting right here at these seats talk about our church said you're bound you're chained down and you don't even know it Mm -hmm. and the reason you don't even know it because you've never really been truly set free yep you've never walked in the freedom that the lord's given you yeah he made you to be that way and some of you guys are chained down here and don't even realize it yeah because it's just you know you just think that how it is yep. and then there's some other ones who knew what freedom was yep but it's like the story of the bowling frog if you put a frog in water and you raise the temperature one degree at a time the frog don't even know it's being boiled wow yep and i that's think right. that's i think there's people who don't know what true freedom is and they're yeah. bound just because that's what they're accustomed to and then i think there's some people who knew what freedom was and they were boiled alive slowly Wow. And they become desensitized to the situation around them. Yep. And they'll wake up one day and realize, I'm more bound than I ever yep. knew. Think about yeah. the Israelites mm-hmm. yeah. throughout Scripture. Wow. Yep. All the time. That's what we're That's what we're facing. We yeah. have to look back to that because they get freedom. God delivers them. They get back into bondage. God mm. delivers them. They slowly get back into bondage. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it is a slow fade. I love that song. It's, it's slow a slow fade. fade. Can you sing it? Give her life away. Yeah, come okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow fade. But it's I, so when true. You give your I, life I preached a message about that slow fade one time because I had flashlights. Yeah. And I had one brother Aaron that was on a battery. Uh huh. And I plugged one up to a power source that was on a touch. And I had one you wound up. And I put the one you wound up like on the pulpit. And all of a sudden, you know, you wind it up so long, it don't last so long. Because as I was preaching, you know, a few minutes went by or whatever, and I turned around, all of a sudden it was gone. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the crowd and said, listen, did anybody actually see that light go out? Or did all of a sudden you see it go out because I mentioned it? Mm. I said, that's often how our life is sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's slow fade, then all of a sudden you look and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, you never really seen it go out, but now you know it's out because it's not there. Yeah. So I said that's a lot of times how, how it'll be. So, just, wow. yeah. Anyway. Just impressed you reached the right flashlight with your short arms. <laughs> you, you got me thinking about these short arms still. Oh, um, that even that could connect to the story with the oil. Yeah. The oil and the lamps. That's it. That's it. So, man. Yeah. 
So I went stuff. from I went from the homecoming to preacher to the short arm guy. <laughs> you just got me wrecked today. Hey, I do. I can't mention, stop looking. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully next, hopefully next Tuesday we're going. We, he's done. Oh, I can't in, wait. But, uh, I got. I got Brother a lot of Kelly Tucker will be our guest. I got next a lot Tuesday. of questions. I know a lot of questions. I've already preparing him. I said, "Listen, man, we're going to probably have a lot of fun for about five ten minutes, but then we'll." How get much into it, chicken right. did he eat after the service? <laughs> what was his sermon on? Was it short? Like, was it just like left hook, right hook, knockout, go eat fried chicken, or was there like I, I want to know how the legend does it? I know you do. I, I gotta know. I, I want to learn from that. I can't wait legs. to tell him get this straight. I said, "Listen, I preach one homecoming, and all of a sudden, there takes off with it." <laughs> well, you know, I, it's that's how Jesus does. It. I hear you. He just takes off. That's all right. right. He takes yeah. off with it. It's either go big or go home. Um, and that that's you. your philosophy on homecoming preaching. <laughs> go big or go home. Man, uh, man. <laughs> well, we're excited. We're gonna take a break here. We're gonna get Jeff Arrington hopefully on the phone here in a second. Play a. Um, I forgot what the last song I put in it was during the break. Yeah. God's not dead. That's what it was. Is that right? I like that. I went old school for a minute. Amen. I do want to read a quote real quick. Sure. Yeah. I just love Megan Fortner. I don't know if she's listening right now, but I just, I hope she's on again soon. We'll have to get with her. Uh, but I just love her Facebook post. Um, this was one, one of hers from a few days ago. Um, when we walk in the love of God, a supernatural shield of faith protects you from the fiery darts of the evil one and the wicked. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that reminds me of earlier when you were talking about the hedge of protection. Yeah. A, yeah. When we walk in the love of God, a supernatural shield of faith protects so you. So when I said, when we was talking about that, all of a sudden you remembered her posting uh-huh. something about that. I did. So you went back to it. That's yeah. good. And then That's I good. just hadn't read it yet. No, it's great. That's yeah. awesome. I like it. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back here after the break on Morning Zone Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. Uh, we are back. Um, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. This is the day the Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. Um, we're we're just excited for what the Lord's doing. He's doing mighty things, and um, we're still waiting to see if Jeff Arrington calls in today. We're trying to connect with him, so um, we'll see. By God's grace, we know he's good and he's sovereign, and we'll, he has a purpose for everything. Amen. Well, we've had a great discussion so far today talking about... Um, emotions and again emotions is a good friend but it's a poor enemy um i mean a poor master we don't want to be governed by our emotions we should we should accompany i mean emotions company change so when we're being radically touched by god emotions are a byproduct but um i don't want emotions to be my master and so i don't want to be enslaved to my emotions and what i mean by that is Anger and bitterness and resentment and all these emotions that we do have should never be the master of who we are. Yeah, I think there's healthy emotions that come from all the fruits of the Spirit. Joy, love. Mm-hmm. All There's emotions that come from the things of the Lord, but then there's also emotions that come from the things of our flesh. So we, sure. have, to, we have to seek the ones of the Spirit and not the ones of the flesh. A hundred percent. And and because you can't be in relationship with such a good Heavenly Father and never have any kind of emotion. Yeah, and like, when he's delivered you from a really dark place and bringing you into the light, you know, that's why, you know, we can't judge someone by how their worship is. We can't judge someone's worship because if someone's weeping before the Lord, um, we never know where the Lord brought them from. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know their story until they tell us. And um, everyone has a story, and the Lord has brought people from some dark, dark places. So that will cause you to weep. <laughs> it will cause you to weep mm-hmm. a lot of times. 
Well, um, yeah, I agree 100%. And so it looks like we may not have Jeff calling in. Aww. Usually um, he would call in by now. We can't get in contact yet. So we'll see. He may he may surprise he us. May and surprise us. Yeah. Maybe he got hung up doing something. You never man, know. I like that man's energy though. Yeah. <laughs> He's he gets fired up in the spirit. Yes, he does, and he always has a good word. I mean, yes. he really does have have a good he word. Does. <laughs> and so Joey Saw sent me a shirt for Josh. I don't think Josh's arms are that short. Do you think Josh's arms Josh are that short? Over, I mean, they looked average to me they didn't look abnormally short yeah that's what i don't I mean, know it might not have been long but yeah uh well i mean joey sent me a t-rex on a t-shirt <laughs> saying unstoppable uh and so i think I, we need to get that merch i mean oh, I, that's good. I don't know i don't I have know. to order one for myself <laughs> oh man see for me i think my i think i feel like my legs are short I don't know why I just do, but anyways, um, it's it's not fun. I mean, we don't have to stay on this topic for very long, but it's definitely challenging to have shorter arms because you just can't ever reach anything. <laughs> I always have to have Ethan reach everything yeah, for me. Um, <laughs> I can't reach anything either, and so I was I was trying to take a tack off the wall that Ethan put up for the BCA <laughs> rescue prom. Had to go get a chair. I'm almost certain that I he didn't have to have a chair. I had to have a chair. Um, and so I had to really get up there and tug and pull. I about pulled about three muscles in my back just trying to reach for it without the chair. So this is old age at its finest. Um, well, I had another question. Somebody worked through the other day, and I was talking about it, and I was thinking about it. And um, I've been asked this question a lot. And I think it's a good question. People ask me about covetousness, like coveting something. And how what is the sin of coveting? Because, you know, um, if you walk up to somebody and you say, I like your shirt, is that coveting? No. Like, I think we have to define what is jealousy, what's coveting, yeah. what is just appreciating or liking or want something like that. Now, I think coveting starts to happen when we constantly always feel like we have to have the next best thing. Like, I used to covet cell phones. I know I did. Like, the next big cell phone come out, I wanted it. So it was like the iPhone 3, the iPhone 4, the iPhone 5. Sooner or later, you're on the iPhone 17, 16, 17, 19, 24, 25, hey, over there. All right, so it's like an auctioneer-type deal. And you're always wanting the next best thing. Now, I don't even know what cell phone I have at this point. I just know the battery's awful. Heather says I use it too much. And uh, my screen scratched, and the back of my phone shattered. But I can't really tell you this overwhelming desire to go to the store Used to, I'd be like, well, I'm going to get a new one yeah. because there's always that constant next big thing. Well, it's like a lot of it is comparison to other people that you see have it. I mean, if we didn't have advertisements, if we didn't have commercials for things, mm -hmm. I highly doubt people would buy. I mean, the people are smart in marketing. Like they know how to get people. Sure to they things. do. They put people and they don't just put the product on TV. They put people with the products for a reason. Sure. Because we're our nature, our flesh naturally keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, wants to keep up with people, wants yep. to compare ourselves to people, wants to have what we see somebody else having, and that's covetousness right yeah. there. I mean, we really do build a whole hierarchy of corporations off of covetousness. Yep. We want you to covet what somebody else has so that you'll you'll pay whatever you need to get it. Yeah. And it and it's like um, you know, we make really bad mistakes in what we buy, cars we buy, houses we buy. 
all these things because we're trying to keep up with our friends or keep up yeah. with somebody else or keep up with the Joneses. And I'm even going to go as far as to speak to the ladies out there. They're probably going to get mad at me, but this has been my personal. I'll say something about Ulta, please, so my wife will quit. I am. I'm going in oh, the makeup direction. Heather, listen. Listen. <laughs> I am going in the makeup direction because I'm not saying that makeup is bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't have it at all, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of insecurities that come along with the advertisements of putting these women on advertisements on commercials and having them like appear perfect. But really, you know, we're not thinking about, Oh, they're editing that they're getting perfect lighting. They're starving themselves to death They're, you know, and uh, these things are true and we don't think about it, but we see the images and we're like, Oh, I want to look like that. Yeah. I want to look like her. I don't like myself. I want to look like that. And we, without even realizing it, subconsciously, we are coveting other women. Sure we are. We're coveting. Well, I'm not. <laughs> We're cov- or other men. I mean, they put men on advertisements, too. I tell people Those I'm married with muscles. I tell people I'm married with seven kids. I don't give a lick about muscle. I don't care about what my belly looks like. I don't care about well, my acne. I mean, good. this face ain't going on no billboard anytime soon, so I just let it ride. That's All right. Uh, but... I do think it speaks to the higher issue is that we now I don't want to I don't want to assume this poverty is not spirituality. Okay, I just want to I want to clarify that. I don't think you have to be poor to be spiritual. I think you can be extremely wealthy and be very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Because money is never the issue. Yeah. It's the love of money that's the issue. Yeah. It's that's the root of evil. It's not money. Money's just a tool. Yeah. And you can be a very holy po- person with a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not there's we've got to eliminate this. The only way you ever achieve holiness and spirituality is to be poverty and to be poor. That's just not biblical. But I think even in your even if you have a lot of money, the thing that has to encompass a believer's life is contentment and simpleness. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is even somebody with a lot of money, the Lord did not give you that so that you could drive Lamborghinis. The <laughs> Lord gave you that money so that we could serve yeah. and that we could love and that it's a tool in the hand of the kingdom. And yeah. the Lord will continue to bless those because you see like if you if you see a person who wins the lottery, mm-hmm. most of the time they go bankrupt. Most of the time they go broke almost within a relatively short time period because uh-huh. they go out and blow it. They never learn how to use it as a tool. They let the money control them. Yeah. And if we learn simplicity and we learn contentment, then I believe the Lord continues to bless those who live in that kind of lifestyle. And I like um, Warren Buffett, who was extremely wealthy. And I'm not trying to like say he's godly man. Or, I don't know Warren. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about his spirituality. But I know this, like he continued to drink Diet Coke and eat McDonald's kind of deal. Um, President Trump, who he did have a lot of money. He, yeah. he had a lot of money. He oh, was yeah. he was eating <laughs> McDonald's like. You know, it's it's that contentment. Like uh, we learned that if the money has you, there's a big difference between the money having you and you having money. And I think that's the distinction. And so when you talk to me about covetousness or you want to know about when do you covet when you're not, it's when are you getting something because it's a it's a necessity of life. And, you know, it's or when is it you get it just because you want to have the appearance of the Joneses. Yeah. yeah, and that goes along with everything. I mean, I thought of the verse in Second Timothy as we're talking about this. Um, 
that in the last days there will come time. Every I mean, most people know this verse, but in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Ouch, America. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Mm-hmm. And w- that's what we're seeing is like it's it's the love of those things. It's the obsession with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, we, the covetness, I feel like it's almost like a um, like a gateway like to covet somebody else. Mm-hmm. But then once you, you give in to that jealousy, I think then you kind of start to become obsessed with yourself. Sure. Because you're always, oh, how can I make me better? How can I improve me? How mm-hmm. can I be look better, uh, appear better? How can people look to me? And it's almost like you start out being jealous of someone else, but then you want other people to be jealous of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, dangerous. Well, as a young person, do you see it as we progress in a society that's um, a lot of self-help? Like yes. we're around self-help a lot, making yes. us a better person. That probably drives it like um, that. I have to be better. I have to do this. Like we kind of changed the game a little bit because used to it used to be just solely what you looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and now it's like. That's n- still there, but then there's added more. Yeah, being a better you. now it's not just what I look like; it's also emotionally what I say, what I act, how I how I think. Everything is we're we're trying to create. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I think: covetousness and driving to look like the Joneses hurts. It hurts who God's made us to be. Yes, because I don't need to look like this guy. I don't need no. to look like that guy. I don't need to. I don't need to be like that guy. I don't need to talk like that guy. I need to be who God's created Aaron to be. Yes. Hannah don't need to be this girl or that girl. Hannah needs to be who Hannah is meant to be created by a holy and wonderfully wonderful God. Yeah. And when we're always striving to be like somebody else, we fail to be who we're called to be in the body of Christ. Yeah. And that's almost leaves a hole. Yeah. Um, Me in, and Ethan in, actually just talked about this last night. Do you remember when you did that illustration, Aaron, of little cloud and Ethan uh-huh. and you had Ethan uh, or you had cloud trying to jump up and reach the flag at the top of the ceiling. He yep. couldn't reach it. He's trying to jump. And then you had Ethan um, just easily went over there and, and re- touch, could it. touch it because he was tall enough for it. And then you had Ethan try to crawl under, or you had Cloud easily crawl under the pew, but Ethan couldn't easily crawl under the pew. Yeah. And so I I love that illustration, and I think back to it a lot like mm-hmm. when I'm having these conversations and when um, I'm the Lord's like speaking to me about this because it, it was such a good visual of like, we weren't stop trying to take someone else's like be somebody else because it's yeah. so much easier. And now I'm not going to say life will be easy, but it's, it flows better. It's nat you just naturally fit where God created you to be. Sure. Rather than trying to be somebody else. Yeah. It sets you free. Like you stop pretending. Yes. Like if you really want to end the imposter in you, stop trying to be an imposter. Yes. Like just start <laughs> being who God's created you to be. Yes. And who God's created you to be. Now, some people take that and say, well, God's created me this way and God's created me this way. No, I'm talking about who God's created you truly to be. Like some people can use that as an excuse to sin. That is not an excuse to sin. who God designed us to be. And we find that in his word. And honestly, that even goes along with our conversation from Thursday with the the design of marriage and the design of the home and church. And I've been pondering on that a lot since Thursday. Um, 
and I even just thought about that. Like, we need to stop trying to be each other. Wives need to stop trying to be who their husbands were created to be. And husbands need to stop trying to be how their wives were supposed to be. And I think that's how there's been a lot of confusion, even with gender, Mm -hmm. transgenderism, with LGBTQ community, with um, feminism, with chauvinism. All of these things, it's like we're trying to be each other. And I think the root problem of it is we we are jealous of each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm and I'm just now I feel like the Lord's revealing that. Sure. Like we want to be each other because we are jealous of each other. But it's because we're not seeing the beauty in our own identity of yeah. how God created us. To and be. contentment in who God's made us to be and contentment in what God's given us to live in yes. is not apathy. It's actually release. Yes. Because now I can actually go forward with stop with who I'm called to be. And honestly, who God's created you to be is the best version of you. Yes. It's the best version of you. And I'm not trying to preach the be the best you now. I'm saying be the you now that God's created you to be. Because everybody has a role. Because if you push that illustration farther, it wasn't that I just displayed that cloud couldn't reach the flag and Ethan struggled to get under the pew. I was, it was, each one's different, but I also had Ethan pick up Cloud so he could touch the flag yeah. because Ethan's in a position to where he can help other people's climb. Yes. And Cloud can reach things that Ethan couldn't. Yes. And so it's it's whenever we learn to celebrate each other and what each other's called and created to do and to be, then we start to actually move forward and accomplish things. Yes. And where where I lack, somebody else makes up. And where somebody else lacks, I can make up. And where Joe Smo can't do it, Mary Sue can. And where Mary Sue can't, um, Mariah can. Or where Mariah can't, Hannah can. Like, and we all complement each other. And here's the thing that sets us free: you don't have to be all things. Yeah, that's it. Like, and I think that that very mindset sets you free to figure out what am I called to do. Because if we try to be all things, we become okay at all things, but great at nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's to me that's not the kingdom. Nope, nope. And I think what I believe has created this is the achieving mentality, the achieving um, a wrong view of success. Yes, uh, that America has created mm-hmm. because America wants us to keep up, compete with each other, uh, be successful, be the best at everything that we can possibly be. Success, success, success. But do you notice how frustrating it is when you aren't good at something and you want to be good at it and you keep trying, but you really can't. You can become okay at it. But if you're not gifted in something, you're never, unless the Lord just decides to change what, how he created, to give you something that he wasn't intending on. Like, unless it comes from the Lord, you're not going to, you're not going to master something that you were never created to master. You might reach a certain level and be okay at it. But like for run, like with running. Like, there's only so much your body can do. Like, there's only so much that you were physically created to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Like, Mine's not much. <laughs> me either. Like, I can't. Why should I stay in a state of frustration trying to run as fast as Ethan can when I know that I'm never going to be able to do it? Like, that's not what I was created to do. I was not created to be a runner. I just wasn't. Like, I can run to improve my health. Like, I can run so that I can stay in shape. And yes, I can reach goals and get better, but I'm never going to be as as good at he as him at running. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to accept that. Because yeah. if, if not, I'm constantly going to live in frustration. And it doesn't make you less. Because, no. Ethan, I love you, but you'll never <laughs> be able to sing like Hannah. So, like, 
you know, and and I think that that's where that's where I think um, this whole we have different roles, we have different positions to play, but it doesn't make anybody better. Like in a baseball game, the pitcher <laughs> is the centerpiece of the defense, yeah. but it doesn't make him better than the outfielder because the pitcher can pitch the best game possible and be going down to the ninth inning and to one out left, they're tied or they're one down and the right fielder decides, well, I'm not important, so I'm not going to play. The guy hits the right field, in the park home run, score two runs, they lose. doesn't matter how good the pitcher is. If everybody don't play their role, mm-hmm. it failed. Yeah. It's failed. And I just see, I don't know, I just see Satan doing this. I see the enemy doing this on, like, a large scale because, like, it's pride is what it is. It's sure. people who are gifted and people who are excelling, that, like, there's that temptation for pride. And that's for causes that's caused from sin. And Satan was the first one who had that. Mm-hmm. He was so prideful. He wanted. He was gifted. He was gifted in music. I mean, he's he's smart. He's intelligent. We. I mean, he's not doesn't have as much. He has no power compared to the Lord. But we can't act like say like the enemy is just dumb. Like, he's not weak. He's not weak. I mean, he was gifted. Mm-hmm. He's still gifted, but he just uses it for evil. Mm-hmm. And so he wants the world, he wants people to do the same thing. He wants yeah. people who are gifted to be prideful, and that's that's what starts everything. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all, and I think these are the um, conversations that's necessary for the body of Christ to grow into maturity. And this is necessary for ever going to be the full body of Christ that we're called to be is that we, we've got to stop treating it as I'm better than you or you're better than me. And honestly, we've, we've done that. I mean, like, even unintentionally, we've done that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we make this person special, that person special. And honestly, I had a conversation with a um, gentleman last night, and we were just talking about, you know, if God's called you to do something, you don't always have to have a title to do it. Mm-mm. And if you think you have to have a title to do what God's called you to do, there very well could be more pride than service. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and because I was like, I know that I was pastoring before I ever had the position of pastor. Mm-hmm. I just know it. Like, um, there's, there's, there's people out there right now that's pastoring other people that you'll never be called pastor. You're having the gifting of the pastor. You're doing exactly what God's calling you to do. You are pastoring, you are loving, you are nurturing, you are feeding. You may never have the position or the title of it, but you're doing it. And yeah. that's what God's called you to do. And sometimes we got to be careful not to be hung up on titles. Yes. Um, and we have to realize that the Lord, if he ch- can trust us with little, then he can trust us with much. But I feel like a lot of people are wanting to be trusted with much and they were never, they could never be trusted with little. Yeah. And that's, that's big right now. And I keep going back to Stephanie Gretzinger because she had so many just awesome things in, in this podcast, but she talked about how, there's a there's a group of people there's a large group of people who were thrown into ministry thrown into a job thrown into whatever too soon and the crown that was placed on them crushed them the crown that was put on them crushed them mm-hmm. because they weren't ready for it they weren't ready for the responsibility they weren't ready for the cost they weren't ready for the weight of what that title holds so it crushed them Yep. Because they weren't, they th- it wasn't their time for that. Sure. And so we even there are people. Maybe you are called to have a title one day, one day, but the Lord has to prepare you. Yep. The Lord has to bring you to that place. We can we can't let man bring us to that place. Yeah. 
what I found a lot is the person who really don't want it is probably the person that needs it. And a and, lot of times is the person that's prepared for it. And and what I found is the person who's trying to get the titles, the person's probably not prepared for it. Yeah. And um, you know, honestly, whenever God called us back here to Bethel, it was not it wasn't what we were looking for. We wasn't asking for it. It wasn't like you know, I didn't come here and say, I want a resume, I want to sign up, I want to, you know, <laughs> get me in the car, get me in the running for the position of pastor. Like, that was not yeah. me. Like, the Lord just kind of worked all that together. And I'm not trying to puff myself up. I'm not saying that no, whatsoever. I'm saying that's just true. it just, it wasn't, I wasn't pursuing the position mm-hmm. um, at all. Like, basically, you know, I was just saying, Lord, we just want to be yes. Yeah. We want to say yes to whatever your will is and whatever your guidance is and whatever direction you want. Because... Honestly, I don't care about authority. Like, I, it's not me. Like, some people love the thought of being a senior pastor because of the authority. And they would love to be senior pastor of a place that has a radio station and a school and all these things because it, it, it's big. I mean, we may not have a ton of people, but what we do here is a lot. Yeah. And we're never bored. I look at that and I don't see, oh, yeah, power. I see, though, I look at it and say, wow, we have a lot to, to do. Like, yeah. you know, and, you know, let's stay humble and God's given us this thing. And, and we mean it whenever we say we're humbled that you give us your ear every two hours, yes. every morning. It's not a arrogance thing. It's a no. humble thing. Like, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. Thank you. And we don't take it lightly and we don't let it go to anybody's head. Like, you know, we just want to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because at the end of the day, if you know Aaron, but you don't know Jesus, I failed. Yeah. And we failed. Yeah. And if there comes a level of contentment, like I believe before any good thing, before the Lord brings any good thing into your life or before he grows you and brings you like to a new level or a new depth or um, a new season, I believe there always comes a level of contentment before that happens. There should because, I mean, that I just see that so much, like even with relationships. Like when you're living, when you're single, when you're living in singleness, you have to be able to be content with being single before you can be married. Because if you were never content with just you and the Lord, then how are you going to be content with more responsibility? Sure, sure. You have to be content with little and be able to be trusted with little before you have more. Yeah. And if you don't have contentment, what you have is idolatry. Yes. Because then you'll pursue it. And I know people, I know people that have the idol of ministry. They have the idol of building bigger ministries. They have the yeah. idol. Like, I'm content. Like, in my own heart, I can tell you this. I wasn't always there. But right now, I'm content to say, Lord, whatever's, whatever you give us is what you intend to have us. Yes, amen. And if Bethel grows to 10,000 people and we have to have six services a day, I'm content. Yeah. If we stay at 200 people every service, I'm content. Yeah. Why? Because I trust him and I know exactly what he's doing. And my idol is not to grow a bigger ministry. No. My contentment is found in him, and I'm satisfied with him. Because the thing is, it's it's him. Mm-hmm. It's all about him. Yeah. It was all about him when it's five people, and it's still all about him when it's 5,000. Yeah. He's the one we look at. He's the one. Like, yeah. uh, I keep going back to this podcast, and I'll talk about it more, but something they were asking her, they are like, all right, Stephanie, how can you stay focused on the Lord? How can you stay focused on Jesus when like, how was it going from a church of 30 people to singing to 70,000 plus? And she, they're like, how do you stay focused on Jesus? How do you not get distracted? How do you not get caught up in all the stuff? And she's like, because you have to look past the crowd and look at the one. Yeah. Just And it reminds me of that verse in Revelation that you bring up a lot with John 
looking he looked past the churches he what he didn't behold all the churches he looked at that one that was in the midst of them mm -hmm. and that's what we have to do every single time sure and she even went so far to say it's not about she was like yes i love to sing but I don't being on the stage is not where my heart's at. My heart is at, at the end of the night when I go home, I get to be with with the one who I'm beholding all day. I get to be with him in the secret place at home. Yep, because you can't take the crowd with you. No, but you do take the one. Amen. Amen. Love it. I love it. Well, we're out of here. We're out of time. We got to make room for Brother Philip Trent to come on and preach a little bit. We're out of here for this day. Love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. Lord willing, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.